this podcast, three women, Katrina Hallen, MD of Microsoft Ireland, Claire Dignan, former head of radio in RTE, Catherine Kyo, marketing manager with Alltech, talk about taking on the challenges of leadership and not being afraid of ambition or making mistakes. So I'm a great believer in saying, go for it. I've never met anyone who went for a job and who didn't get it, but who regretted the fact that they had gone for it. And usually, particularly in a, in a big organisation like RTE, when you apply for a job, um, you get to meet managers maybe at a level that you might normally. They get to see a side of you that they perhaps wouldn't normally see. And very often, I've certainly found this myself on an interview board, they, when the process is over, you leave the room and you're thinking, that's a very interesting person, I must look out for them. They didn't get this job, but they'd be great for something else, and now they're on your horizon. So it's always a good career move. Katrina Hallahan. I still see women today um, lacking confidence and, and in their ability and being hesitant to take risks. Uh, where roles or opportunities come up that are going to stretch them and they question whether they have the ability to do that and I think it's important that there's more and more role models who can talk about the fact that you know I took a risk in my career and it worked Um, or I took a risk and failed and you know that's not a bad thing because I learned from it and was able to move on so I think uh, the more we can encourage uh, young women and men for that matter to, to think about taking bigger steps in their career and, and really challenging themselves, I think, the better. Claire Dignan has some sound advice about how important it is to go for interviews and to show up on the radar of senior management. I, I see men over and over again applying for jobs that I look at and think that's really beyond their range. And most most of the time it probably is and they don't get the job, but are they bothered and put back about, uh, upset about it? Not in the least. They usually reconcile it to how they're feeling by saying, well, it's their loss. They didn't realise how good I was and they've missed out. And they put the interview down to experience. Women, on the other hand, I think are very hard on themselves and they look at a job and they think, I don't have everything they're looking for in that job, so I'm not going to go for it. Actually, usually nobody has everything on the on the tick box that's of the job requirements. You have some of the skills and you can probably persuade a, an interview board that the things you don't have you learn or that you're bringing other attributes to it. Catherine Kyo says it is important to let people know what your goals are. And she adds it's a good idea to have a vision for your future career. Leadership and organisations don't, you know, we can't read minds. And as organisations get bigger and bigger, you know, you've less maybe direct access to people in leadership positions. So, 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 so I think starting with your, you know, your, your immediate management, um, you need to be clear on your goals, and then you you need to express what your long-term vision is. Organisations love to hear that uh, young employees are committed to to long-term careers because you know that's a signal to the organisation to, you know, that there is value in investment. Uh, in that person. So, so, so that kind of symbiotic relationship between the organization and the employee, yes, the organization has to pre- present you know, challenges and opportunities, but the employee equally has to um, you know, well, articulate a commitment if the commitment is there, and also to be clear you know, that they are in a position to accept challenges and they are willing to advance in the organization. And um, you know, I live in the States right now, so we always have lots of catchphrases, and, and one of our internal uh, catchphrases is if you think it, ink it, you know, to actually articulate and write down the goals you have for the day, for the week, for the month, for, you know, your career. Um, and that, you you know, if you if, if you have those inked, that it, it makes it easier to work uh, towards them. I remember, and 
the first four years of me being with Microsoft, there was an occasion where I had to go in and say, well, listen, if I'm not going to be considered for the role, maybe I should think about moving on and doing something uh, outside of the company. Um, so it wasn't always just an easy option of you, you got the next role. You had to challenge and say, well, why am I not being considered? Um, later on in my career, when the managing director role for the EMEA Operations Centre opened up, um, one of my colleagues or my peers at the time got the job and I hadn't even been interviewed for it and I had gone back to my boss at the time who was hiring for the role and said you know why wasn't I considered for the position and his response was well you never asked and it was never in your career plan and you never told me you aspired to that job so you know he was he was right. I just assumed that because it was the top job in Ireland in operations and I had been in operations so long that they would know I would want it. Um, and it's something that I've learned and I share with other uh, people, male and female, in their careers to say you really need to um, tell people what you aspire to and not be afraid to to be brave and take risks and say I would like that job, I like the top job. Catherine Kyo from Alltech says leadership brings its own challenges and one of the lessons she realised is that you have to manage relationships in a different way and that you need to be respected. Well the biggest probably career changing moment for me was I was living in Canada. Uh, we had a director of marketing based at our headquarters in uh, Lexington in Kentucky and he retired and I was 20, I don't know, in my early 20s. And I did get, you know, the president called me and said, you know, we want to consider you for this opportunity. And I, you know, I didn't feel ready. I didn't feel qualified. I didn't feel any of those things. But I, I slept on it. And, and, and plus I had a life, you know, in Canada at the time. And I just thought, yeah, I really, really want to go for it. So I went, I moved to Lexington within a, a matter of weeks. And one of the hardest learnings for me at that point was I moved into a situation where I went from being, you know, one of the group to the leader of the group. Well, of course, I wanted to retain the friendships and go out with the guys and all of that. And, and I understood pretty quickly that, that you, know, you, you really, when you're placed in a leadership position, you, you have to manage the relationships with the group in a different way. You can't have favorites. You can't you know, be over friendly with one person. You can't, you know, you're privy to information that, that, that um, you, know, you have to respect. And so that was hard because that was quite lonely, you know, moving in. Uh, to an environment where you know I was, I was somewhat isolated but you know I did learn to develop different relationships and the other piece to that was uh, when I was moving down there a senior colleague said to me he said uh, you know Catherine you, you you have to understand you don't have to be liked you need to be respected. Claire Dignan has some sound advice. I had been working for about six years as a television producer director and nine years in total in RTE which wasn't a very long time um, to be there and thinking of becoming a manager. The job of Head of Features was advertised and I was hugely, I had very strong views, which I always seemed to have then. I think I've mellowed a lot, but I was very passionate about an awful lot of things in my youth. But I had very strong views about the schedule at the time and I really felt we could do an awful lot better. I felt there was great talent in television, or RTE television, but there wasn't an outlet there for it. I was looking at what our competitors in the UK were doing and the way they suddenly, and it was just a particular phase, it was, it was in the late 1980s and suddenly all kinds of really popular programmes were finding their way into the primetime schedule, you know, great, great fashion programmes, great cook, it was the time, time of, um, 
Oh, that was a, it was a great close show. And it was called The Close Show, I think, in, on BBC. And uh, Joanna Lumley was involved in that. It was just all kinds of great programmes were happening. And RT was a bit backward in meeting those same needs for its, its viewers. So I took a deep breath and with encouragement, I have to say, um, from somebody who was a great mentor to me right through my, uh, my career in RTE, uh, Bob Collins, who's the current chair of the BAI, but somebody who was always a couple of levels ahead of me in RTE and always seemed to be encouraging me and saying, why wouldn't you go for it and well, give it a shot? And what why wouldn't you be able to do it? You'd be well able to do that. Go, you know, take a punt and go for it. But I, I do think that that is something that um, women are much less inclined to do than men. I see men over and over again applying for jobs that I look at and think that's really beyond their range. And most most of the time it probably is and they don't get the job. But are they bothered and put back about, uh, up, upset about it? Not in the least. They usually reconcile it to how they're feeling by saying, well, it's their loss. They didn't realise how good I was and they've missed out. And they put the interview down to experience. Women, on the other hand, I think are very hard on themselves and they look at a job and they think I don't have everything they're looking for in that job so I'm not going to go for it actually usually nobody has everything on the on the tick box that's of the job requirements you have some of the skills and you can probably persuade an interview board that the things you don't have you learn or that you're bringing other attributes to it Katrina Hallahan says Microsoft is putting policies and practices in place to retain more skilled, talented female staff as part of their diversity agenda. Do you do any research here in Microsoft on uh, diversity and gender balance in, among the staff? Yes, I mean, we have um, we have a diversity and inclusion initiative across the site. I was sponsor for four years of that initiative um, and it's focused on four pillars, gender, accessibility for people with disabilities, cultural diversity because 51% of our employees come from, no, 25% of our employees come from 51 different countries, um, and then LGBT as well. And we do a lot of, we are participate in the best companies to work for, and we've been in the top two for the last six years in that um, survey, and we get a lot of information back from that on uh, gender data on tenured data how long people have been with the company and um, we also run a internal survey every year on employee satisfaction and we get a lot of data from that that we can uh, kind of look at the analysis on you know why people are leaving uh, why people would how long people will stay and work for the company what's important to them from a, a management or a personal development um, how their work group is working together and really what their career goals are um, and in the gender diversity side of things we found that you know we were losing women maybe at the average age of about 35 who are on their second child and it really was a family choice or a life choice decision where um, childcare was expensive and they needed to make a choice um, from a living perspective to go and focus on their family um, and that drove some initiatives for us in our uh, diversity program to think about how do we stay connected with those women how would we help reskill them to bring them back into the workforce um, and what are the programs that we would have for women who do go out on maternity leave and come back to have mentors and buddies that help them um, onboard back into the company so it's, it, we're, we're very very active in the diversity and inclusion space. And is that working or do you see a change in you know family structure and you know people trying to come back into the workforce after having their second child? 
Yes, and we also see that the challenges now are becoming more equal, both for men and women. So there are choices for both uh, parents to make on which one probably has the uh, stronger career trajectory. It's not always the male anymore. Sometimes it's the female who will have a a stronger career plan. Um, And so it is an equal choice of men and women deciding who who will stay or go and spend time with the family and the children when they're younger um, and taking that choice. That's all from the Women in Leadership podcast for now. Join us next time.